On today's episode, we are going to take a look at Lyft. They just reported earnings, so let's get started. Alright, let's start off with taking a look at this company's stock price performance. After hours, after reporting earnings, this company is up 16% and is sitting at $30.32. It has also helped out Uber a lot. So if you are a Uber bull, you have gotten some gains too. After hours, Uber is up 6% after seeing what Lyft did in earnings. Now, if we take a look at this company's peak in February, which was $54, this company is still down over 40% compared to where it was at now, um, where it was just a few months ago. So you can see these companies have taken such a big hit. But we're going to see in today's episode, we're going to take a look at their earnings results. We're going to take a look at some recent articles. Then we're going to take a look at the presentation. And finally, a quick valuation of what I think Lyft is worth. Like always, guys, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up. It helps the small channel out so much, and I truly appreciate it. The growth that I'm seeing in this channel in the past few days has been amazing, and I just want to keep going, and I keep posting video and video, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. All right, next, let's take a look at this company's earnings result. So for quarter one, gap earnings per share were a loss of $1.31, but that loss was still a beat compared to what analysts expected. It did beat by about $0.05. Revenue was $955 million, which is up 23% compared to the same time last year. And this was a beat by $125 million. So revenue did do a nice beat compared to what was expected. And we still saw a 23% growth year over year. So we did see that for this quarter compared to the same time last year, this company gained 23% year over year revenue. And that's pretty big. But one thing I wanted to see is wanted to see how this company's revenue growth normally goes and see if there if we can see any form of impact truly um, affecting it right now. So right here, I'm taking a look at past quarters and the growth compared to that quarter same time a year ago. So this was quarter four of 2019, which ended in December, in late December. So compare 2019 December to quarter four of 2018, this company's revenue grew by 51%. Quarter three of 19 compared to quarter three of 18 grew 63%. Quarter two of 19 compared to quarter three, uh, quarter two of 19 compared to quarter two of 2018 grew 71%. So for the past four quarters, each quarter compared to the same time it was last year, this company has been growing revenue by mid mid double digits. So 50 percent, 51%, 63%, 71%. So seeing this revenues growth today of only 23% shows that there is a bit of a slowdown happening for the company. Does that affect, is that effect due to the coronavirus? I do think a, a portion of it is, especially remember quarter one earn, um, earnings only lasted to the end of March 30th. So here in the United States, the coronavirus impact really didn't start shutdowns until mid-March so that's only two or three weeks that this company in it was impacted due to the coronavirus the prior the prior two months and a half this company was still running as normal as normal operations so I do think like I keep saying most of the earnings beatdown is gonna happen in quarter two right and I'm pretty sure many investors know this so I I, I still 
don't understand to how much of of the pricing has that already taken place because you guys know right in the market most of the time this market is more on future risk and all the big time investors right all the banks know that quarter two is going to be the quarter that's going to take the biggest hit but is that has that already been priced in i guess we're going to have to see next in the next quarter right all right, so let's take a look at some more highlights for this quarter. Like I mentioned, right, this first quarter ended on March 31st. So it only it only took about two or three weeks of the coronavirus impact. It still worked as normal operations before then. Adjusted net loss for this company was $97 million compared to a loss of $210 million last year. So we are seeing a bit of, of better numbers for this company, but this company is still losing money. Active riders grew 3% year to year and right now sitting about 21.2 million active riders. Revenue per active riders also rose by 19% to about $45.06. Lyft is trying to do some cost, um, cost cuts. The first thing they're doing is they expect to remove $300 million from its annual expense run rate by quarter four. And we are going to take a look later on in this episode where they're cutting those costs. Finally, Lyft ended the quarter with $2.7 billion in unrestricted cash and equivalents. So I, this company does have a nice amount of, of, of money right now, and they do say that they will be able to survive. I actually did a video of Lyft and Uber just about three or two days ago, and I was pretty impressed with Lyft's balance sheet. And taking a look at today's update, I'm hoping that it, it would still remain the same. All right, so during the earnings call, the CEO also talked about how the COVID-19 was affecting um, April. So like I mentioned, remember, like I keep repeating, this earnings only took effect until the end of March, but the full effect of COVID-19 was pretty impactful in the month of April, which is going to be for quarter two. So in the CEO, he says there was a profound impact that the, for the month of April, rides were down around 75% year over year. And for the first week of May, they were still down 70% compared to the same time last year. So right, a full month of a full month of April, that's still crazy. 75% down year to year. But at the end of the day, I think the 75% down is better than expected by investors. And that's why we see that 15% up jump and then just this week this past last week it went down to 70 percent. so it does seem like things are getting better and better and there is a small increase of back to normal remember how i mentioned this company is also trying to cut its costs and the way it's going to do that is last friday this company announced that it was reducing its headcount by 17 percent, laying off nearly a thousand employees and furloughing about 300 others the company has also slashed paid for non-hourly employees by 10 to 30%. And it said that the board of directors would give up 30% of their cash compensation during the second quarter of 2020. And that's pretty crazy, right? I wonder if these non-hour employees slash pay is also only till the second quarter of 2020 like these board of directors sometimes it does annoy me i i know at the end of the day it is a business but sometimes it does annoy me how they take very little care of employees compared to the board of directors right the board of especially this is just reducing their cash compensation these board of directors and most top dog most most top dog um, members of a company do not make make more money based on stock compensation than cash compensation 
But most of this time, most of this thing, when they give up some form of cash compensation, it's just to look good for the newspaper and just to look good for the news article. But that stock compensation is still going in and they're still collecting probably millions of dollars based on that. That was probably off topic and I was just ranting, but sometimes things like that annoy me. And before we continue on and take a look at this balance sheet, I actually wanted to talk a bit about something I learned about this company in the last video I made. And this is the way this company's cost structure is. One of the things is, for example, in restaurants. In restaurants or pretty much most businesses, if you shut down, you still have to pay. Um, you still have to pay pretty much the same expenses. Your expenses are pretty much um, hard set, right? But if you're Lyft or Uber, they do have a pretty great way that their cost is related to the amount of revenue they have. So the more revenue they make, the more their cost is, the less revenue they collect, the less their cost is. Because one of their biggest expenses is insurance, right? And, and they, char they get charged insurance by the miles to protect their drivers and to protect their customers. So when they get charged by the mile on insurance, so when they when they have a lot of a lot of rides, that means miles are going up, so they get charged with more insurance. When they have less miles going on, that means they have less travelers and they have they pay less insurance. Fortunately for the company, it has very low cost to be able to contain to maintain itself. Fine, let's take a look at the release detail that this company gave to us. And I've, I, we already talked about most of the stuff here, What I pretty much just highlighted were things we did not talk about. First, active riders. Like I mentioned before, active riders grew about 3% compared to the same time last year. So right now it's sitting at 21.2 million active riders compared to 20.5 million active, drive, active riders same time last year. All right, so next let's take a look at this company's revenue breakdown. And if you guys don't know, Lyft's revenue breakdown is a bit different from Uber's. Lyft pretty much only collects its revenue from rides where Uber has different stuff like Uber Eats, Uber Freight, Uber Freight, um, and Uber rides, right? So it has different forms where Lyft only collects from Lyft rides. But one thing that this company is trying to do uh, in the most recent news, it does say that they are implementing new ways to collect revenue, especially during this downtime. They are trying to do something similar to Uber Eats where a Lyft driver can go collect, um, can go collect groceries for a customer and then bring it back. But at the moment, that's still it's still only being tested in small in certain cities, very, very limited cities. And it's not something that I think we're going to see in, in the near future. All right. So next, let's take a look at this company's balance sheet. And like I mentioned, Liv's balance sheet was actually one of my favorite. It's one of my favorites that I've seen in some time. It actually has a nice amount of cash and very low debt. So first, let's start off with total current assets. Total current assets for this company right now compare is sitting at $3.1 billion. Compared to just a quarter ago, this was about $3.2 billion. So an increase, a decrease of about $100 million. Most of that decrease actually just comes from its liquidable cash. This company has two forms of cash. It has cash and cash equivalents, which has about $600 million. And then it has short-term investments, which is just investments that this company can pull out of really quickly and have very limited risk to it that its total value should equate to what it's worth right now. And that this company has about $2.1 billion up there. So between these two, this has dropped down about $100 million 
um, compared to last quarter but again not a big change there this company still has about 2.7 billion dollars of cash to use and and be saved just in case of emergencies next let's take a look at this company's total assets and actually let me zoom in for you guys so you can see this so now let's take a look at this company's total asset and this company's right now total asset sitting at about 5.6 billion dollars compared to 5.7 billion dollars just a quarter ago again we see that change of 100 million dollars the main difference comes from that current assets there have been uh, money moved around here um, in in their long-term assets but it's nothing to throw a red flag right sometimes cash just moves from one direction to another for example here there there was a decrease in restricted investment compared to last quarter when we take a look at long-term long-term assets but there was a huge increase in restricted cash and cash equivalents so either their long term they sold out of their investment so it goes up to to cash so, but again there there's it, it sometimes just moves from one place to another and sometimes you just have to keep an eye out for stuff like that next let's take a look at this company's liability let's start off with the total current liabilities again not much change here last quarter was at 2.4 billion this quarter was at 2.5 billion an increase of about 100 million dollars not much not not something to throw a red flag there is one crazy thing though it's accounts payable this company's accounts accounts payable increased dramatically this quarter and this is just money that they have to pay to to their suppliers or it would have to be to their insurance but like i said sometimes the the numbers just switch around if we check around there was a decrease here in insurance reserves so insurance reserves which was a current liability right now is 9.7 million dollars where same time last quarter was about 1.4 billion dollars so an increase there of about 400 million a decrease of about 400 million dollars but this company did see about a 500 million dollar increase in accounts of payable so you can see right there is if you take a look at numerically wise there is no real difference no no big changes happening there so to me there's no red flags here so we'll continue next the only real big difference here is this company's long-term debt this company right now is sitting at about 82 billion 82 million dollars of long-term debt and this was something this company did not have before but when we take a look at it to the amount of cash this company has this is pretty much a, a, a more of a spec it's not something that it would affect this company in the long run at all right this company has 2.7 billion dollars in form of cash and it only has 87 million 82 million dollars in long-term debt so this company can easily pay that off total liabilities also increased by only a hundred million dollars but most of it coming from total current liabilities so nothing really there to throw any red flags Finally, the last thing I want to take a look at is at this company's stock-based compensation. So stock-based compensation is pretty it's a pretty iffy subject. I don't know if you guys have been hearing about it, but right now a lot of tech companies are using what's called adjusted earnings before income, tax, depreciation, and other and other expenses. And they take off stock-based compensation. But at the end of the day, when so stock-based compensation is when you have an employee or if you have if you have some form of employee and instead of paying them in cash you pay them with stock 
And just because you're paying them with stock, it's not really a cash movement out of the company, but it, it does hurt the invest, for example, us investors in the in the long term, because eventually you are increasing the amount of shares out there for this company by doing this. So this is something I'm 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 still torn before. I'm still torn between. I, I don't I think it's a good thing and I also think it's a bad thing. But one thing I do like to see is let's take a look at stock compensation expense for Flift. Just a year ago, um, in March March of 2019, this company was pro- was paying easy, was paying close to one billion dollars. Um, so yeah, close to one billion dollars of stock based compensation. So it paid off about one billion dollars in stock price. Right now, this year, this quarter, this company has paid less than 200 million dollars so we have seen a decrease in stock-based compensation and that's actually something i'd like to see it means that this company it's paying its employees more now in cash now that it has a strong cash base and it's not paying them all in stock which as an invest i'm not i don't have i'm pretty sure i don't have shares in lyft i'm more than likely sure i don't have in lyft but as an investor you would be happy to know that hey you're not your shares are not being diluted as much now and i just wanted to show this because that's actually a pretty good thing there's certain companies that are actually doing the opposite they're using more stocks um they're paying more with stock compensation this year than they were same time last year and that to me is just increasing that dilution of shares which at the end of the day is going to be pretty bad for investors so finally the last thing i want to take a look at is this company's forward pe ratio for december 2021 this company is still so that's two years from now if you guys have not been watching my channel make sure to subscribe and make sure to give the thumbs up guys i i, I the amount of information i provide here i promise it is good just kidding no promises i i'm not sure if it's good or not but i hope it is but anyways i like to like, take a look at companies forward PE ratio. I'd like to value my companies based on what they're going to make in the future. I don't really care what they're making now. This company in December 2021 is still expecting to make no money and still be losing about 89 cents for the year of 2021. That is okay for so like I mentioned in my last episode, if I was a, a value investor, this would not be a company for me, right? Seeing this company not make money in the next two years, it would definitely throw me aside. And as a value investor, I would go away from it. If I was a high growth stock investor, this might actually be a company I would be willing to invest in. And why would I do that? If I was a high stock, if I was a high growth investor, I would be looking for a company with great balance sheet, which is yes, Lyft has a great balance sheet. I wouldn't be looking for a company that's growing its revenue by double digits easily. And we saw even with at least three weeks down of Lyft, this company still managed a 22% revenue growth. Even though previous quarters have been higher growth of 40, 50, 60%, a 22% is still good. So this company is a it is growing at dramatic pace. So another check there. This company is also being smart with its expenses, is cutting down its expenses and paying less in stock-based compensation, which as an investor, again, it's something I would like. So another check there. So there aren't many of checks that I would give if I was a high growth, a high growth stock investor. I can see why people would be bullish on this company. At the moment, I am going to be honest. I am a little more bullish on Uber than on Lyft. So I do have some shares on Uber. But I, I, the only reason is because Uber has a little bit more wiggle room 
of different revenue collections compared to Lyft. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you guys thought. Make sure to check out my other videos. I just did Beyond Me and Disney yesterday. And today I'm doing Lyft. And right now I'm actually have a vote going on to see what's the second video I should do for today. So take care guys. Have a good night and see you next time.